Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning again. Oh, that was a little weak. Come on now. Good morning, everyone. All right, that's more like it. We appreciate you guys coming out to Sacred City Church um, this morning. And uh, for some of you guys that uh, don't know me, my name is Alex Tate. I'm the Sacred City Youth Director here at Sacred City Church, and I have been here, um, as Rev said, since the beginning. And I just pa- uh, graduated from our pastoral residency here at Sacred City Church. So Rob Spitra has asked me to fill in for him this morning while he's getting some much-needed rest, and then he'll be back with us next week to start wrapping up our Summer in the Psalms um, series. So um, we have so much to jump into, so let's go ahead and pray, and let's jump into God's Word this morning. Father, we thank you that uh, we can meet once again. We thank you how gracious um, you are to us and loving you are to us, Father. I pray that uh, it's all of you and none of me, Father. I'm just a foolish man that has nothing good to say. But for you, Lord, you have every great thing to say to your people. So I pray that your words do not fall on deaf ears, Lord, but it falls on uh, the ears and the minds of those who want to grow, and it sinks down into the hearts that want to be transformed, Lord, and uh, it flows to their hands in their everyday life, Lord. And this is from none of us, but all of you, Lord. So we thank you, and we pray that your spirit is with us in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you guys have not been with us here at Sacred City Church Um, This summer, we are in this series called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. How many of us here have read the book of Psalms? Give me a raise of hands. Okay, we got got some theologians out here. Okay, all right. How many of us here have uh, read a piece of scripture in the Psalms? Give me a raise of hands. All right, we're two for two now, right? So how many of us here just know a random guy named David? Right? Anybody here know a random guy named David? There's David right there, right? David is right there. So if you guys did not know, this book of Psalms was written mostly by a man named David, King David, a little shepherd boy that uh, no one paid any attention to until God chose him and used him for his glory. Some of us have heard of the story of David versus Goliath, the David, the shepherd boy that slayed the Philistine named Goliath. And down the road became King David, expanding Israel into a large kingdom centered in the center of Jerusalem. And the book of Psalms that David has written is some of the best poetry ever documented. And I know for a lot of us, we have certain people that we listen to and we read, right, that we think are some of the best poets, like Amanda Gorman, maybe Propaganda, Romeo and Juliet. John Jorgensen, and maybe if you listen to music, maybe you have Tupac or Biggie, right? These poets, right? These Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, you have Eminem. These are all people that we can see have written some poetry. These people tell great stories in their poems. They're great with their words, and their wordplay just blows people's minds. That sucks people in. David 
in the book of Psalms has them all beat because his poetry has made it into the Bible. And of course, I am not the judge of this, right? But his, the, the book of Psalms has made it into the living, breathing word of God. But the more and more we read this poetry, you might see that the more we look through David's stories, um, the Psalms are, and his emotions are all over the place. He's like a roller coaster going up and down and around and around and around the more and more we read the Psalms. Because the Psalms are broke down into two different categories, if you have not noticed. You have the poems of lament. You have that are, are focusing on prayer and pain and celebration. I mean, confession and anger that draws attention to what is going, what is wrong in the world. And David is asking God and asking, how long, O Lord, how long? And then the next minute, in this next category, David has the deepest joy in his heart with his relationship with God and with poems of praise, prayers of joy, hope, and celebration that is drawing attention to what is going good in the world, thanking God and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So as we read this poetry and David starts to suck us in, some of us will start to see that uh, in these poems, our everyday life that David is trying to show us. But the more and more we look at this, this text is not about David. Or is it about us putting our lives and trying to live through David in his shoes? But it's about the Lord and how the Lord brings glory to himself at all times. So as the Psalms slow us down this morning, if I could put a title to this sermon in the book of Psalms 23, the title would be Focus on the Shepherd in the Valley. Focus on the shepherd in the valley. So for all my note takers, I have a couple questions for you this morning. And they are, who is your shepherd in the valley? We got to get a little deeper. Who is your pastor in the valley? Who is your savior in the valley? Or have you lost the focus in the valley? Because if we're being honest, so many people tell us that we should stay focused definitely when we are in the valley, that we should guard our focus because we guard our homes with cameras, alarms, locks on our doors. We even purchase guns to keep our families safe. But for a lot of us, we do not guard our focus, let alone our hearts and our minds. And in this sermon, you will see that it is a must because your focus is critical, your focus is important, and your focus should be guarded at all times. Definitely when we are in the valley. Because like a sniper in the army, or maybe you're looking up at the stars, and you're looking through a scope, and you're trying to get it focused. And let's be honest, if we don't have it just right, we're going to miss the target. Because if you are not focused, what tends to happen in our everyday life? What tends to happen when we are not focused? We become distracted. And distracted people always rob and steal other people's focus. So again, this morning, who is your shepherd in the valley? And are you focused on him in the valley? Because David is reminding us there is a shepherd that leads us and cares for us in the valley that we should not have fear because he prepares a table for us in the midst of our enemies and we get to dwell in his house. But are we focused on him in the valley or are we focused on ourselves and only the strong will survive? 
So let's open up this book this morning in the Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6. And let's read this again so we could truly get a grasp on what David is trying to tell us here in Psalms 23. So if you could, there should be bulletins out there. Of course, they'll be on the screen. But we would like you guys just to follow along. So if you got questions, you guys, we can walk through them after our service. But the thing is, we want to have you guys open up the Bibles and find it for yourself. So when you're there, say amen, and we can jump right in. All right, we got a couple of you guys. When you're there, say amen, and we can jump right in. All right, you guys are quick, fast, and in a hurry here. All right, we're going we're gonna to slow it down here with this Psalms. Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is some good news. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. This is some good news this morning. So just to kind of get us all involved here, turn to your neighbor to the left and say, who is your shepherd? Yeah, yeah. Turn to your neighbor to the left and say, who is your shepherd? Turn to your neighbor to the right and say, who is your shepherd? Turn behind you and say, baby, I hope it's a good one. Yeah, baby, I hope it is a good one. My grandmother used to say that all the time. But today we're going to be jumping into this great Psalms and it has so much beauty in it. So I'm not going to tear it apart too much and exegete the beauty out of it. Right. So when we start to read this, David says, for the Lord is my shepherd. So in this text, we have this picture that David is breaking down this intimate metaphor of the shepherd and the sheep. David knew firsthand what it looked like to be a shepherd. He is no rookie when it comes to talking about a keeper of sheep because he did this as well. We under, he understood the need for both the sheep and cares that were needed from the shepherd. He is saying he needs a shepherd, and the Lord is his shepherd, he says. When saying that, he's referring to himself as a sheep. He, he, he's comparing himself to be an animal. And if you have read David's resume, you would think he's by far from being an animal or a sheep here. A sheep that is weak, defenseless, and a lot of times foolish. And when we read this, if we're being honest, or maybe it's just me because I've been going through it and studying this text, a lot of times we don't want to be called a sheep. Weak? No. A lot of us say that I'm, I'm built physically and mentally. Foolish? No. Have you seen my degrees on the wall? Have you read my resume? Do you actually know who I am, we say? Fluffy, no. Have you seen me? And we for surely do not make weird sheep sounds, right? We are probably thinking, why can't I be a lion, tiger, or bear? Oh, my. Right? We are strong. We are loud. We are dangerous and fierce. And we are always needed. But the thing is, when we truly look at this, lions, tigers, and bears don't need to be led. Sheep do. Sheep need a shepherd, and it takes a shepherd to be their provider and director, the shepherd that gives and provides everything they need to survive in the valley. 
But there are some qualifications to be a sheep. Yeah, I know. There, there's some qualifications for you to be a sheep. Yes, there are some qualifications. And the first one is, the sheep must be renewed. You were dead, but now brought to life. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 should be on the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ being their shepherd, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. So before you followed someone else that are separated from the shepherd, but now you are a sheep submitting to the shepherd. Number two is, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I gave them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no, none of them will, will be snatched out of my hand. We must know the shepherd's voice. Because if we're honest, too many of us know our boss's voice. Too many of us know our spouse's voice. Too many of us know our political party's voice. Too many of us know our social media feed's voice, our teacher's and parent's voice, but it is clouding the voice of the Lord. And if you don't know the shepherd's voice, how do you know who you are? How do you know where you are going? How do you follow the blueprint for your life if you don't know his voice? But for some of us, we're like, yes, I'm all in. Shepherd, the sheep, yes, I am all in. But who is this shepherd? Who is he really? Who is this shepherd that David is talking about? And this shepherd that I'm talking about that is from Scripture is worthy to be followed. Because you know how we are in today's world, this social media world. We need to know that this shepherd is worthy to be followed. We need to know that this shepherd is popular enough. We need to know that the shepherd actually has the resume to back up his actions. We need to know that the shepherd is Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram worthy. Who is the Lord? Who is the shepherd that we should focus on in the valley? Who is the shepherd that will actually get us through the valley? And in this text, it points out that the Lord is the shepherd. And the word Lord, when it's translated, we will see Yahweh or Jehovah. And when you really break this down, it means to be the God who is the shepherd that is, the one who is the bread of life, that if you come to him, you will not be hungry anymore. He is the one that is the living water, that if you come to him, you won't be thirsty anymore. I ain't going to get no amens, but the thing is, the one who is the savior, that is the hospital for the sick, the one who is king that came to serve, not to be served, the one who is love that lays down his life for his friends, the one who is good, great, glorious, and gracious, the one who leaves the 99 sheep safely just to find the one in the valley. He is the one who is your solid rock and solid foundation for his sheep, the one who is the eternal one, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. This is the Lord and shepherd that David is pointing to. He is qualified. He is worthy. And he would shut the internet down on how viral he would go. But even though David speaks about what the Lord will do for us in the green pastures, the Psalms is not focusing on rest. 
Even though he will walk through the valley of the shadow of death with us, the Psalms is not focusing on dying. Even though he says he will dwell, we will dwell in the house of the Lord, the Psalms is not focusing on heaven. In the Psalms, David commits all his words in Psalms 23 to explain the first five words. Everything is pointing back to the first five words. Because before the Lord, our shepherd, can lay you down in green pastures, before he can lay you beside steel waters, before he can restore your soul, before he can uh, lead you on the path of righteousness for his sake, before his staff and his rod comforts you, before he can lay a table set for you before the midst of your enemies, before he can pour oil over your head, and before you can dwell in his house, you must know the Lord. You must know the Lord because he is qualified. He is worthy, and if you know him, you know how good he is. And if you don't know him, his arms are open wide saying, come, come to me. His arms are open wide. But if you have lost the focus, we must repent and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to realign our scopes and really focus on who the Lord is and have a relationship with the Lord. But for some of us, some of us church have believed the lie. Some of us have lost the focus completely. Even after the words are being preached, even after living in community with you, even after the church comes around you with your struggles with truth and love, some of us are just not all in following the shepherd. The lie we believe is that we view the shepherd like he's a diet plan, that we can turn on and off like it's a switch, going in and out of season. And if we're honest, we have not bought into the lifestyle. We view the Lord in this this lie that we believe. We view the Lord like he's a genie in a lamp from Aladdin, right? We're polishing up that lamp saying, Lord, fix my husband. Lord, fix my wife. Lord, give me a job. Lord, get me into college. Lord, give me that baby. Lord, give me that family. Help me pass the test, we said. And then, of course, we put the shepherd back away. And then some of us say, this whole Christian thing is not working out for me. Because we are not getting what we want right now. and We are not being patient on the Lord. That a lot of times we become spoiled, entitled, and bratty. So what do we do when this tends to happen? We go back to the old shepherd. The old shepherd that is separated from the Lord. And maybe for you, it's rubbing crystals or collecting crystals. Maybe it's the horoscopes. Maybe it's sage in the house just trying to get the new and good vibes. Maybe it's popping so many pills past the doctor's prescription. Maybe it's drugs and video games, porn, work, and working out nonstop or even hurting yourself. Our focus has been off, church, and our scopes must be realigned so that we can stop believing the lie, to see the Lord, our shepherd, more clearly, because the Lord cares for his sheep, and the sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal, and the owner of the sheep has great stock in his sheep, and it has been bought with a great price. 
And when the shepherd buys something with a great price, the shepherd is all in with his sheep. He does everything for his sheep. He leads them. He feeds them. He takes care of them. He knows them. He protects them so that the sheep can make it through the valley and not getting overtaken by wolves or losing focus. So let's continue to break this down on where the shepherd will go with us if we focus on him in the valley. Because the Lord I know from Scripture wants his sheep to not want. He makes us lie down in green pasture. He leads you beside the steel waters, giving you the peace that you're looking for. He restores your soul, giving you his holiness, his spirit. He leads you in the path of righteousness for his namesake, for his glory, for his joy, for his fame. The Lord, that's our shepherd, even once to walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, where you will fear no evil because he is with you. His rod and his staff will bring you comfort. This is the links and the width that our shepherd and Lord is willing to go with his sheep and give us comfort in the journey and give us everything we need, not what we want in the journey. Can you say the same for that idol that you try to put in his place? Because anytime we get something, something must be replaced. Because in this valley, we need the shepherd to get through the valley. Because the only way to get through the valley at the fastest pace is going right through the valley. And if you can think about it, this valley paints a picture in your mind of some deep ravines, cliffs, tall mountains and small mountains that are blocking out the light. And there are shadows everywhere you go. And these vicious animals may be looking down at you, just smelling you in the wind, waiting to attack. And even people hiding in the midst of the cracks, waiting to attack, waiting to rob you or kill you. Could you, even, could you imagine something like that? Could you imagine something like that with eyes on you, with all these vicious and wild animals waiting for the right time to sneak up and get you at your weakest moments? And let's be honest, for some of us, maybe when we're on the top of our game because we have fallen asleep. But in this, David is not boasting about being fearless going through the valley. But rather, he is saying we should walk boldly wherever our shepherd leads us. So when we're going through the valley, we should focus on the shepherd because he is with us and he is leading us. So when trials and storms come our way in the valley, we do not fear. We don't get crushed. Christians can walk boldly and have courage in the valley because his staff and his hook helps guide you. And it helps you when you get stuck or life lost to focus. His rod is like a club that is hitting anything that gets too close to his sheep. His rod of power and his staff of grace. We should not fear. We should not fear and let someone talk us out of having courage for the kingdom of God. We should not let someone talk us out of being bold with truth and love. Maybe it's you sticking up for what? 
Scripture says about having courage and being bold and fearless, about how every baby in man is created in the image of God. No matter the race or the social status or neighborhoods, we must protect life. How about maybe sticking to what Scripture says about how the rainbow is God's covenant for his people, not Pride Month? Maybe how Scripture talks about how we should have self-govern, how we should have family govern, how we should have church govern. Maybe about how Scripture talks about how we should love our neighbor with not just our words, but also with our actions, with truth and love. This world that we are in may seem like it is a dark valley, and it's very hard for us as people to navigate through. But as Christians, we need to be bold and have courage in the valley. And it doesn't take courage to be the same. It takes courage to be different and set apart. It takes us to be set apart because if we are sons and daughters of God, we should not live in fear. We should not freeze. We should not run away. We should stand firm, not crumbling, because our shepherd is with us. We don't shy away from tough conversations, and we do not cower down God's truth or water it down. We have to understand that the gospel on its own is offensive, and it it will offend some. Definitely when being asked about certain topics in our culture right now. And the thing is, a lot of times, a lot of times we have to check our emotions and our feelings and ask ourselves, is this because this was the way we were raised? Is this your family's worldview that you're sticking with? Is this your family's opinion? Is this, or does your feelings and your emotions line up to God's word, his worldview, capital T truth, because his word is facts. If we don't, maybe we have lost the focus. Maybe the enemy that's around us have robbed and stolen our focus off the shepherd. But the question is, for a lot of us, Why are the sheep and the shepherd even in the valley? Why aren't they the sheep comfy and safe if we have a great shepherd? Instead of going through a dark and scary valley, and the answer is because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the beginning. But while we're in this valley, we must be students and learners of the storms and the trials. Because we are all one decision away from ruining our lives. But for us as Christians, we have some good news. We have some hope here in the valley. So Romans 5 verses 1 through 6 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, our, through our Lord and shepherd, Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that. We rejoice in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, at the right time, Christ died for us, the sheep. So this Christian race of faith in the valley. It's not a sprinter's race. It is a marathon in the valley. But there is some good news. 
that our shepherd gives us endurance and he is with us. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. He holds our right hand. He is with us, beside us in the valley. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. And he prepares the table before you in the presence of your enemies. Charles Spurgeon said it best here. I know some of us may... Our emotions may be flaring here, but Charles Spurgeon says it best. He says, the good man and the good woman of the shepherd has their enemies. You will not be like the Lord if you had none. If you were without enemies, we might fear that we are not a friend of God. As we always say, the gospel is offensive, and it will offend some on its own. And if the church stands for nothing, we will fall for everything. So if we stand on God's word and his worldview and his blueprint for our life, you will have some enemies. You may have a lot of enemies. And of course, we're always going to have some haters, right? There's going to be haters everywhere we go. But the Lord prepares a table for you. You do not have to sit at anyone else's table. You do not have to follow the culture going off the cliff. The Lord prepares your table. He builds your table. And the Lord is so gracious and hospitable that the Lord prepares your table, even inviting your enemies to the table. But they're powerless because the Lord is with us. He says, focus on me. Focus on me at the table. So that the shepherd can anoint your head with oil and your cup overflows and surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in his house forever. Church, this shepherd is worthy and is qualified. And this shepherd is Jesus Christ. That in the valley, he lays down his life for his friends. And John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father God except through the good shepherd. So some of us are probably like, this is great. This is good news. I have put my faith in him. I know him. I know the shepherd's voice. And my eyes are focused on him. And you're probably like, I've been doing this for years. What's next? What shall I do next? You should get to know the Lord, your shepherd, on a wider and deeper level in the valley. I know this is hard in this fast-paced life that we live. But being known is an intimate relationship. Intimate involves feelings of emotional closeness and connected with the Lord. And an intimate relationship are often characterized by attitudes of trust, caring, and acceptance. Christian, this is where you get to take off the mask. You don't have to be a chameleon and blending in and out anymore. You don't have to have your guard up because someone has hurt you in the past. But you get to be open to the shepherd. You get to be 100% you in the presence of the Lord. But we must be cautious. We must be cautious as a people. We must be cautious and not confuse activities and busyness for intimacy. Let me say this again because this is how we do a lot of our relationships. And this is how uh, 
we treat our spouses from time to time. But we must be cautious and not confuse busyness and activities for intimacy. Because God's word says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. So we cannot jump in and out of God's presence and expect an intimate connection. We can't forget our husbands and wives all day. And then we get home at night, expect an intimate connection. But we, let's get back to this intimate relationship with the shepherd. But we must have constant quality time with the shepherd. We must fast and pray and be in our word and live in community with others. Christians who know this, they make this a priority. We don't make excuses. We make a priority to get to know him and for him to know us. And he already knows your heart. But we must know that we cannot truly know ourselves unless we know the shepherd. And the good news is, once we open up to him, once we open up to the shepherd, he loves us right where we are. He loves you as you are. And this shepherd is so gracious and loving that he doesn't leave you where you are. And once we know this deep in our heart, we get to use the stage that the shepherd has given us to be bold and to have courage and to be fearless because he is with us. John 10 verses 10 through 15 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his friends. He who is the hired help and not the shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolves coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And wolves snatch and scatter them. He flees because he is the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. So the question is, will you put your faith in the good shepherd this morning? Will you focus on him that can actually get you through the valley? Will you focus on the good shepherd that laid his life down for his sheep? Will we get to know him on an intimate level? To know the shepherd is to lose everything, but to gain everything. So as I close, someone I know said this while we were in fellowship together, and I thought this would be helpful for us to grasp what David is trying to say. And he said that I can share this, so I hope I don't botch it, about how good the shepherd has been to him in his life. He said, it's not that Christians want to shove Jesus down your throats, but man, if they only knew. If they knew how he can transform them, how he can take away your bitterness, your sorrows, your hurts, your depression, your anxiety. We boast about the Lord because he is mighty. When I thought I was literally going to lose my mind from drugs, he was there. When I thought my finances were going to leave me, he was there. When the doctor told me, 
and ran into the room and said that my son had fluid in his brain and needed surgery. He was there when I was calling 911 because my daughter had cut her arms to shreds. He was there. When I thought, when my daughter is unsure who she is and she wants to be called him, her, they, them, he was there. When I thought my marriage wasn't going to work in the midst of COVID because we seen how disconnected we were, he was there. I was never alone. My Lord and my shepherd was right beside me asking me to give him my pain, my fear, my depression, my sorrow, pride, and anxiety. And in return, this gracious shepherd gave me joy, love, hope, peace, and patience to endure. It's nothing I did, but the good shepherd was right beside me. He was pushing me and guiding me with his staff. He gave me strength in the Holy Spirit to help me endure. He gave me everything I needed to get through the valley. So as we leave this place, remember that the power of the Psalms is not in the poetry, but it's in the Good Shepherd. And his name is Jesus. And God can do this for you. It's not about you, but a He does this for his glory. He does this for his joy. He does this for his fame. And he does this for his name. Let's pray. Father, as we come to the table, let us remember Jesus' sacrifice with his blood and his body for us. God, you know exactly where each one of us are. You just know what we're going through right now. You're not surprised, but you're also not intimidated by it. We thank you for always being near and consistent and protective because you never fail us. Today, please remind us of how close you really are. We reach out to you this morning, but please forgive us for not focusing on you. Come and rescue us and help us to keep our eyes on you in the valley. In Jesus' name we pray.